On the current issues and the Constitution show, Professor Wilson will encourage you to stay informed and read the U.S. Constitution. The show is intended to shine a light on current issues that impact your daily life. Professor Wilson has twice received the American History Teacher of the Year Award in the state of West Virginia and is the recipient of many honors. He served in the armed forces and is currently a college professor. He is a true patriot who believes the understanding of the Constitution is key to our future and our future freedoms rest with informed youth. Please join us live where you can ask questions or listen on your time. Just follow the show feed to receive the latest shows delivered right to you. Don't miss any of these informative episodes. Are you ready? Take out a copy of the U.S. Constitution, a notepad, and let's get ready to learn. Well, hi and welcome to all of you who are joining us today. My name is Felice Gerlitz and I am the moderator of Current Issues in the Constitution. And today, Professor Wilson is absent from our class. Uh, he is traveling and was unable to uh, coordinate with us, especially as we have a very special guest on the line today. And today, um, our guest is Terry Marcel, who is an author of Perfectly Incorrect, Why Common Core is Psychologically and Cognitively Unsound. Welcome, Terry, to the Current Issues and the Constitution Show. Hi, how are you? I'm glad to be here. Oh, glad to have you, and uh, I'm really sad that Woody couldn't make it for this episode. Um, I want to let our listeners know that we do have other episodes on current um, uh, current issues in the Constitution um, against Common Core, and uh, Professor Wilson is fighting Common Core um, on the state level um, and also local level where he lives in West Virginia. And for those of you who have followed our show extensively, you know that uh, uh, Professor Wilson is retired and uh, teaches an occasional college class now and then. And uh, he, um, you know, really uh, was taken aback, as you were, Terry, when you learned um, about Common Core. And uh, for you listeners, I have a complete show uh, that Terry uh, granted um, an interview on the ultimate homeschool radio show, so if you go to Ultimate Homeschool Radio Show and look for Perfectly Incorrect, you will find uh, that episode there, as well as uh, Perfectly Incorrect, um, and that is going to be available on this broadcast as well, Current Issues and the Constitution.com. And again, we'll have uh, show notes uh, with an outline of what we discussed today, as well as some links that uh, Terry will recommend. And Terry uh, has been a teacher for 41 years. He currently teaches five classes of Psychology 3, which are AP. So basically, he is an educator uh, in the trenches. Uh, Terry, you have a degree, master's degree in psychology uh, from the University of Hartford with a concentration in children's cognitive and, um, you know, also um Psychopathology of childhood. I was looking at that word, saying, "Okay, how do I pronounce that?" It's a big word. <laughs> a lot, yeah, a lot of a lot of big words. So, you know, Terry, you um, have traveled extensively, and you, you know, taught overseas at U.S. embassies and consulate schools. I mean, everywhere: Kuwait, uh, Philippines, Paris, more than that. I mean, just all over the place. And then you 
come back to the U.S. and uh, and then you're here and you uh, look around you. Obviously, you have a passion for teaching. You've been doing it for a great many years. And uh, and then what did you see? Well, when I came back, I was granted with a pie in the face called uh, No Child Left Behind. I mean, I was overseas for 23 years when I decided to come back nine years ago. And uh, and it turns out that No Child Left Behind, uh, it actually got worse. And now we have this um, race to the top thing, otherwise known as the Common Core. Yeah. And, um when it first appeared, we teachers, you know, in fact, I got to say parents as well, teachers, uh, even uh, state legislators, they, they bought a bill of goods. Um, it looked from afar, you know, very noble goals and on and on. But as this uh, train came closer to us, the less opaque it became and the less uh, and the more um, inappropriate it it showed you know itself to be in an educational sense um felicia if i could could i just leapfrog into something because about the uh unconstitutional thing i I was listening to the lead-in and i wanted to get this you know i'm not a very political person i mean i have a bachelor's degree in u.s history uh be that as it may and i love u.s history but i wanted to put this in because it's uh, as you know i have all of this on one page what's wrong with the common core and a uh, point 5 is the fact that the common core is most probably unconstitutional at the federal level and woody or professor wilson i should say um will talk better than i can about this but as m- many people know the control of school standards in any capacity is not a right given to the federal government by the U.S. Constitution. Mm-hmm. Amendment 10 basically says everything that the federal government has not taken, gobbled up, whatever phraseology you want to use here, is hereby left to the states. Well, that's Amendment 10. But I want to give you a modern-day example to illustrate that I personally believe this whole thing with the Common Core is a U.S. Supreme Court case begging to happen. Here's why. In 2012, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled against one segment of the Affordable Care Act, otherwise known as Obamacare. Why? Because Congress, so said the U.S. Supreme Court, had overstepped its authority when it told the states that they would lose existing Medicaid funding if they did not comply with Obamacare's requirement to expand Medicaid. I know that's a a mouthful. But... So likewise, this is my point here, neither Congress nor the Obama administration with its race to the top can attach coercive conditions to the money that it gives to or takes away from the states for education. So that's what makes me say a second time around, this is a Supreme Court case begging to happen. Hopefully there is a lawyer out there in your listener land that is uh, willing to take this up. It's, It's a... It's a, like a ripe piece of fruit just waiting to be picked. Right, and Woody has has mentioned that as well. And, uh, you know, we've gone into great detail about the difference between the national and states, but uh, unfortunately a lot of states advocated uh, their, um, you know, sovereignty over that fact by uh, taking on um, some additional um, money at a time when, 
uh, the states were sorely in need of money. And uh, so, you know, it, it's such a complex yeah. issue. And, uh, yeah, Terry mentioned um, his one page of what is wrong with Common Core, which is brilliant. Um, it's in a nutshell. You can find that at his website, which is commoncorenot.com. Let me say that again. It's commoncorenot.com. And you can find out more information about Terry there as well as, as his book. And his book is available um, all 600 and something uh, pages on Kindle uh, for around $3 as of this recording. And, and that is available there. Uh, for you to take a look at and download. But, you know, Terry, um, you know, we we uh, homeschoolers are very leery um, for the most part uh, at, you know, looking at the Common Core. And I know a lot of homeschoolers have just looked at it and said, well, this doesn't apply to us and uh, we, we really don't need to worry about it, whereas a lot of people uh, that know better because it is going to be creeping into um, – upper level uh, testing. I know it's going to affect kids on the SAT, ACT level um, once that uh, gets rewritten, uh, as well as in on the college level. So this is something that we do uh, need to be aware of, and not so much in a knee-jerk fashion, uh, but just to educate ourselves. And so when you came back to the States, uh, like you shared, you um, we're met up with uh, No Child Left Behind, beautiful uh, terminology. None of us, I, I don't think, uh, probably 100% of us would agree that no child should be left behind. You know, that mother instinct right. comes out um, when I hear that kind of thing. But we really know that that was a failed program, and so the states were very happy to leave that and not have to be um, you know, answer to that, so they em- embraced Common Core without really knowing about it. So as an educator in the system, which you currently are, um, you were learning about Common Core how? How were you introduced to it? We teachers go to what they call professional staff development things, I don't know, once a month or something like that. And uh, we first became aware of it uh, back then. And um, like I say, when we first heard about it, the goals were laudable. We're going to do this, this, and that. But then the closer we looked at it, for example, kindergarten teachers, I would say K through 3 teachers, uh, they basically saw that uh, kindergarten had been hijacked. I mean, basically, kindergarten has been eliminated. And if anyone is curious as to what I mean by that, formal education, learning how to read, learning how to write, almost always has started in the first grade. And most countries don't start it until uh, later than that. I mean, uh, for, for example, Finland, the country that all a lot of people talk about, uh, it, it's like the educational love child of, of the conversation here. They start formal education at age seven. And where I taught in Holland in the American Embassy School in the Netherlands, they don't start until six. So, And then we would start at five, but five would be kindergarten. Well, now kindergarten, for all intents and purposes, has been eliminated. They start the you know the first grade and right on up the ladder. By the time grade five is reached, there is nearly a two-year discrepancy 
between what is cognitively and emotionally possible with typical students, as borne out by the research, by the way, and what the common core is calling for. And um, yeah, the greatest toll is in the pre-K through the grade three years. So, mm-hmm. it, it, so now for us people here, uh, I say here, um, on the secondary level, there is a whole different set of what the Common Core is calling for in English and in uh, math, etc. So no matter where you are on the teaching grade level ladder, you know, it, it's, it's just a, a train wreck, you know, right from the get-go. It's, it's almost difficult to know where to begin what is wrong with the Common Core. I could give it to you in one sentence. I know you praised me for the one-pager, but I'll give it to you in one sentence. There is no science behind the Common Core. And it would be different, Felice, if this were the latest educational fad. Uh, You know, trust me, you know, 40 years into it, 41 years into it, our eyes roll, you know, the newest thing that comes along. And uh, we just go back into our classroom and continue doing what we were doing. But this is different. This is not funny. We, I mean, we're talking about genuine stress being put on the little ones especially and uh, for the older children, frustration and uh, talk about snipping the love of learning in the bud and making it mechanical. Well, that's what it's doing on the upper grade levels. Yeah, and a very, very sad thing. And, you know, I want to remind our listeners that, uh, you know, Terry is currently um, in the trenches of of teaching. Uh, you actually are only a few years away from retirement, but you could not just stand by and uh, watch this happen um, to the children um, as well as to your, you know, peer group and other other educators. And so, you know, you wrote this book, uh, and it really um, has been a labor of love for you because you've been able to spell out in greater detail than obviously we're going to have time in this uh, broadcast to do. But, uh, you know, just you pointed out some things. And, you know, one of the things is that, um, you know, secondary English teachers uh, were finding that uh, they had to assign uh, 70% nonfiction. Now, one of the things I do love about being a homeschool parent is that um, if I want to, which I do for history in particular, because uh, Woody has uh, put together two amazing video classes uh, for um, homeschoolers, one on American history and one on government and elections, and he did not assign a textbook. He assigned biographies, so we, we do a lot of reading and so that is nonfiction. I mean, we have a, a lot of nonfiction that we already read. But then again, I can also assign great you know, pieces of literature, uh, not exactly some of the things that may be on um, a public educator's list, but what would highly be on my list. And um, if my, my kids want to read more fiction, that's fine with me as well. So what is the reason that there is this push, uh, you know, against uh, fiction? Well, in theory, according to the authors of the Common Core, being well prepared in studies of nonfiction will help you create and prepare you 
to be a critical thinker in the real world once you get there. There's mm-hmm. only one problem with this rationale. These percentages, as far as I can determine, are not based on any research. I mean, on the contrary, they seem to be based on one small group of people, the people who came together and authored the Common Core in the summer of 2009 at a group of uh, airport hotels scattered around the country. It was their idea at one particular moment in time. So there is no science behind this 70% must be nonfiction. None. On the contrary, there is science that, and I'm talking not just studies, you know, correlational studies. I'm talking about neuroscience. I'm talking about people who are put inside of PET scans and CAT scans and their brain, okay, uh, one's brain on fiction, the the evidence that supports positive evidence of one brain's on fiction is so bountiful. Um, It's, um, you know, I I dedicated a a lot of space to it in the book. I'm going to give you a a name, uh, Keith Oatley, O-A-T, L-E-Y. He's an emeritus professor of cognitive psychology at the University of Toronto. He concluded in a major study that reading, and I'm talking about fiction now, not nonfiction, that reading fiction produces, and I'm quoting him now, a vivid stimulation of reality, one that runs the, on the minds of readers just as a computer simulates a run on um, fictional uh, situations. Fictions, I'm still quoting Keith Oatley now, fiction with its redolent details, imaginative metaphors, and attentive descriptions of people and their actions offer an especially rich replica. Um, Yeah, there are other studies who, you know, basically say that individuals who frequently read fiction seem to be better to understand other people, to empathize with them, to see the world from their perspective. Uh, it just goes on and on, please. The, the studies right. are, if I could and, use you know, the phrase, and, go ahead. And your background, too, is as a psychologist. I mean, you've, you've got a, a psychology degree, and so you've obviously spent a lot of time, you know, studying this. So, um, you know, and we'll have the link uh, to, to Keith Oakley as well um, on our sure. on our uh, show notes. But, you know, I, I think what really struck me here was in, in discussing this with you previous to this interview was that uh, when you said no one really understood the entirety of Common Core, that they gave you the information in little compartments. And, you know, I, I don't understand that if they're expecting educators such as yourself to implement Common Core, why would they keep the you know the the gist of it uh, away from you and um you know what are what are your thoughts on that well i don't i don't want to categorize myself as being um you know seeing a conspiracy and everything here but i'll tell you what when you talk to administrators now administrators these people should know the nuts and the bolts of the common core they mm-hmm. will I don't think any administrator that I've ever talked to really understands the Common Core, and I'll tell you why. They'll talk to you in these sweeping generalizations. They'll say to you, well, 
I think we should tweak it rather. You don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater or they'll make some other grandiose blanketing statement like, uh, well, it's not that the Common Core is so bad. It was the rollout of the Common Core that was so bad. And so I respond to them with all due respect, no, no, the Common Core in and of itself is is rubbish. It's, it's gibberish. It's junk. And so I believe that the authors of the Common Core by keeping the information, let's say uh, kindergarten teachers don't really talk to uh, secondary English teachers unless they're married to them, okay? And if they do, it's at the backyard picnic and the conversation doesn't go that deep. I believe that this compartmentalization of information was intended. In other words, if you can keep everything broken down into small penny packets, the, kinder the kindergarten teachers know that kindergarten has been hijacked and that we we must now start formal you know uh, numeracy and reading in kindergarten but the english teachers don't know that unless mm -hmm. like i say that right. they they know someone in close quarters that they so yeah uh i wouldn't paint myself as a conspiracy theory person but i tell you what it sure does make a person wonder you know right. in terms it, it of does all get of that upsetting. Yeah. Right. Well, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll have more with Terry Marcel and his book, Perfectly Incorrect. We'll be right back. Hi, and welcome back. My name is Felice Gerwitz, and I am the moderator of Current Issues in the Constitution. And as you heard early on, uh, unfortunately, Professor Wilson was unable to be with us for this interview, but we have on the line uh, Terry Marcel, who we've been talking to. And, and Terry, you know, it's been very enlightening uh, hearing uh, your information uh, and your research that you've done on Common Core in the book that you wrote. Uh, for those of you listening, a reminder, um, his one page, What is Wrong with Common Core, can be found on Common Core Not. Uh, dot com, as well as uh, information about his book, and you can find Perfectly Incorrect on uh, Kindle on Amazon. So, Terry, you know, what is what do you see as the Common Core's role in the future of teaching our youth? You know, um, looking at it from a nuts and bolts perspective, you know, as a home educator, I want to be aware, I mean, I'm at the end of uh, my home education uh, foray, so to speak, my kids are a few years off from graduating, and so I'm still very directly involved in their curriculum and also the books that I have them read. Uh, I'm very concerned uh, about other home educators, other students within the schools, as well as my grandkids, you know, who are going to be coming up. So, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's almost like it's a dismantling of education as we've known it. And, um, you know, what is going to happen if it's allowed to continue? To answer your question, I see no role for the Common Core in the future. And I'll tell you why. If I could use baseball analogies, we, in terms of um, the Common Core not being here, uh, let me just cut to the chase here. I'm guessing that two years from now, maybe three years at the most, the Common Core will have will be either a shell of itself or it will not 
be here anymore. It depends on the state. You know, there are some states, states have personalities. There are some states that have already pulled out. I mean, originally it was 46, if you include the uh, Washington, D.C., and now it's down to 41. Um, let me see. On March 17th of this year, the State Board of Education of Vermont suspended all testing for, you know, the two tests, the two primary tests are the PARC, otherwise known as Partnership for Assessment of Readiness for College and Careers, and SBAC, which we have here in Connecticut, Smarter Balanced Assessment Consortium. So, yeah, uh, and there's been a bill that was introduced in the Connecticut State Legislature maybe a few days ago to do the same thing, to immediately stop. Now, I know the tests are a separate animal. I am out to basically... Uh, can I use the word destroy, the Common Core? Sure, sure we, we we love that word. Okay. <laughs> and so, uh, if I could go back to my baseball analogy, uh, at the moment we are standing. We're not rounding second base. We're standing on second base. We got a good, solid couple of singles. You know, the runners have advanced. To, and they're leaning towards third base. I personally, and I'm speaking to you as a teacher of, as you said, 41 years, um, I personally don't think that the Common Core will even be here three years. You know, I'm being a liberal when I say three years. Uh, this, you know, I'm sure you've heard of the opt-out movement. That's spreading across the nation like wildfire. And, um, yeah, I mean, if I could go back to you know, your earlier comments about when I came back from being overseas in the American Embassy schools for 23 years and I get hit with a pie in the face, no child left behind. And then on top of that, uh, the race to the top in the Obama administration, otherwise known as the Common Core. You know, I have one handful of years left before I retired. And to just, again, go back to what you said earlier, I could have gone quietly, but Mm -hmm. I could not because, you know, again, the fads come in, the fad it's like high tide, low tide, the educational fads come in and out. We roll our eyes and we move on, okay? But this is not funny. I could not idly stand by and see the the this thing, this awful thing being done to the students of America. It doesn't matter whether they're in public school, parochial school, home school, it doesn't matter to be done to them, and by extension, to their parents. Uh, I mean, like parenthood, teaching is a beautiful responsibility. And I I was incapable of allowing myself to bear witness to a direct assault on education as we know it, as the Common Core is. It would be different if it were a checkered flag and some of it were based on science and some not and maybe we could tweak it around no the throw out figuratively metaphorically speaking the entire baby needs to be thrown out with the bathwater it's junk it's okay i don't want to sound like a, a crank here but uh, you know i'll, I'll yeah kind of, no I, I'll and that's my. the thing yeah i appreciate it because you are you know in in the schools right now looking at this and 
And that was why um, when I, I was introduced to you via a personal uh, friend of both of ours, um, that I was interested to have you on this broadcast because, uh, you know, for the most part, uh, we talk to other home educators and we bring in, in some people along the way. But, uh, you know, I really have not um, had a chance since Common Core's inception to talk to someone who is currently in the system and to hear um, what you had to say. I was a, a teacher for a couple of years before um, I retired from the system and decided to stay home with my children. And I know what you're saying when you're talking about rolling the eyes, and I do remember those um, professional staff meetings. I think uh, we we passed notes back and forth, my fellow teachers and I. Um, I don't know how many of us actually listened to what was going on because a lot of it was just a waste of time, um, you know. And, and I, I think that... They have completely um, missed the boat. Um, you know, it, it's very hard to look at this and say there isn't something, um, you know, insidious going on in the background. Are we purposely trying to frustrate our young young ones? I've read many blog posts. Uh, there was a, a columnist, I don't remember her name or exactly, because uh, it was one of those things I happened upon. And she wrote for a very large um, newspaper or magazine, and she explained her little girl's frustration in kindergarten, like sitting there crying and pulling her hair out yes. uh, because she was so frustrated. And she just said to her child, just leave it. I don't want you to do it. And the little girl kept saying, no, I have to figure this out. And she said there was no figuring it out. It was so convoluted that even, you know, yeah. she had two master's degrees, she couldn't figure it out. So, and that's you know, why I subtitled yeah. the book, Psychologically and Cognitively Unsound. If I could drop a name for yeah. your listeners here, it's a group of early childhood experts who strongly believe that the Common Core standards are developmentally inappropriate. Now, this is primarily for the K through 3 children. They're called Defending the Early Years, D-E-Y, and I'll give you their website, it's deyproject.org, and they have a parental mobilizing kit that you can download. It's for parents and teachers that are concerned about what's happening in early childhood classrooms. Again, the definition of early childhood classrooms would be preschool through the third grade, and uh, it, it's just a great organization. And you know, you go to their website. I'm going to say it again. D-E-Y project, all slurred together, one one word, no spaces, dot org. And um, there's a tab called Action. Click on that, and you'll be able to download a mobilizing toolkit for parents and teachers. Very and, good. Uh, it's just a great, uh, uh, it's just an excellent thing. Wonderful. Well, Carrie, I've so enjoyed talking to you on this broadcast as well as the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Show where I did an interview with you um, on your the content of what is in your book. And I know this book obviously is a labor of love, uh, 620-something pages uh, that you're going to have out on Kindle for a whopping $3. So obviously uh, you're not doing this to get rich. You're doing it to get the information out there. Right. Um, and I, I so appreciate what you're doing. Uh, listeners, you can visit Terry at commonpornot.com, um, and uh, I highly recommend you do that. Any last words uh, for our listeners before the show ends? 
Yes, I'd like to bring attention, especially to parent uh, homeschoolers who are, I think every homeschooler is familiar, everybody's familiar with Dr. Seuss. And um, there's a book that one of my fellow teachers brought in the other day, and here's the name of the Dr. Seuss book, and this is perfect. Hooray for Diffendoofer Day. Okay, I'm actually going to spell Diffendoofer. Please indulge me here. D-I-F-F-E-N-D-O-O. F-E-R. Hooray for Diffendoofer Day. And basically it's the story of a young boy who introduces the reader to Diffendoofer School in the town of Dinkerville. Okay, I'll make this very short. And he explains about why they all love going to school there. By the way, this was the last book that Dr. Seuss uh, authored before he died. Uh, and they all love to go to school there, and they are taught lots of things that, you know, this, the author, uh, the narrator of the book, he suspects are not taught in other schools. And then here we go. One day the principal comes in and says, we have to take a test. He explains to all the children, we have to take this big test, and if we don't pass the test, I mean, this was written in 1989, and um if they don't pass the test, then they're going to have to go to another school in, are you ready for the name of the school in the other town? It's called Flobber Town, F-L-O-B-B-E-R, Town. And and then he goes, you know, Flobber Town is just the worst. It's gray and gloomy, and everyone dresses the same, and everyone walks in a straight line. There's no food. There's no flavor. They don't even have a playground. Anyway, I, I, I let, I'll let that be the last word because this book by none other than Dr. Seuss in 1989, just about perfectly describes the situation that we're in now with Common Core. And you know what? I think maybe the ending is going to be the same. Not only did the children pass the test, they they were they passed the test with honors, and they didn't have to go to Flobbertown. Anyway... I couldn't well, I think it's going to, you know, I think it's going to be because of a lot of vocal people, uh, you know, those who are on boots on the ground, if you will, fighting against Common Core. Uh, you know, we're going to do everything we can with our broadcast uh, to let people know about good uh, information that is out there to become educated. And, uh, you know, I, I know of a homeschool mom, uh, actually a good friend of mine here in Florida who uh, is uh, was an attorney and is a homeschool mom. Um, basically, what is her skin in the game? She doesn't really have to uh, be there and educate uh, the parents that uh, you know are fighting this right now. Um, but she is um, because of her law background. You know, she um, has a way with with words, and she is taking this fight. Um, you know, and helping out as she can. And that's what what is going to take this down. It's really going to be you know situations uh, one at a time as they come up and we need to be aware of them. So again, Terry, I thank you for not being complacent in your twilight years as you, uh, you know, look toward retirement. Uh, you'll have to get with Woody, uh, Professor Wilson, and uh, he he hasn't, uh, I don't think he's stopped since retirement <laughs> other than, okay, yeah. you know, recording this show with me and yeah. also teaching some online courses and, uh and fighting it uh, in in West Virginia. So, uh, really, kudos to you, and uh, I appreciate I think, your time. Uh, 
I think Professor yeah. Wilson and I have something in common. We both you have do. a fire in our belly. You do. And <laughs> and uh and hopefully we'll we'll be able to get the three of us on the show sometime. Well listen, take care and uh we will be talking to you soon. Bye bye. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of The Current Issues in the Constitution. If you'd like to join us live, visit our show page on ultimatehomeschoolradionetwork.com. And for more information about Professor Wilson's classes, visit AmericanHistoryKidsClass.com. See you next week.